This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, and with me, Cam Rasland, today we have the returns of two of BFM's finest. Uh, she is a producer. At, well, actually, the, the title is a bit grander than that. She, but she's a producer at BFM. She is Julian Yap. Hello, not grand, just campaign producer, but thank you. Hello. Okay. And uh, just just uh, fair warning, listener, uh, she does have a dog somewhere in the house and it, it may bark at some point. So don't be surprised. And uh, we, we also have the return of he is he is a producer at a BFM and he is Simwe Boon. Hi, guys. Oh. Good to be back. <laughs> yes. Um, and our three topics this week are topic number one is spoiler culture. Topic number two is, uh, well, Napoleon and me and how I fell for visual propaganda. And finally, topic number three is things we used to do, but we don't do anymore. Uh, So, uh, Julian, spoiler culture. Spoiler culture. I think um, all of us have experienced it. I think it's not a new topic for sure. We've definitely talked about it before. We've touched on it slightly. Um, But yeah, uh, recently with the Spider-Man film that's come out, it's in cinemas at the moment. Um, there's a big twist in it. As with all, you know, Marvel movies, there's a big twist in it. And that twist was 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 ruined because, you know, people want to talk about things, but also people want to be terrible and they wanna they wanna ruin an experience for other people. A lot of the times it is, you know, people sharing clips or people sharing videos that they've taken in the in the cinema, which they obviously shouldn't be. And they film it, they put it online and people have to see that because you know it's social media you're just scrolling you don't know what you're going to come across and they see something they of course they don't want to be seeing depending on how guarded they are about um, having that experience of watching it for the first time ruined for them um, and that's something that's been you know that's been gathering steam well not gathering steam it's it's full-blown it's full-blown spoiler culture at the moment at right now just after the last decade so we've got so it kind of started with with shows like Game of Thrones. It started with the boom of you know Marvel over the last ten years, and in DC and Star Wars now as as well. Because now it's um, what is the big twist that I have to know about that I'm going to anticipate for next week, and how for a lot of people, how can I get that clout or rather social social currency to to get eyeballs or likes on my on my post or on my page? What can I do? And a lot of that is sometimes ruining the experience for other people. But for myself, I'm not a, I'm not a, um, not a bad person. I'm not. That, that's debatable. But um, <laughs> also, I don't really, I don't care about spoilers, and I know that that's not the same for a lot of people, and that's fine. But it's also, um, I know, I don't. You know, a twist isn't a movie. A twist isn't what makes the entire thing. It's not how the characters got to the story. But I think that's what has happened now a lot of movies have become oh the twist in this was so much better than the twist in this and therefore this episode um the twist so there are a lot of um reporters they'll who can get the best article out that will discuss the twist and discuss the plot points everything that has been you know spoiler free or spoiler filled but now i just want to know what the twist is but um <laughs> you got me excited now yeah but if the twist is the whole point of the movie, then the movie probably isn't good because a twist isn't really great storytelling. It's just a plot point or a plot device that is supposed to be part of the entire narrative, right? It's like having a really good character in a bad TV show. 
that doesn't make the TV show great. It just makes the character good, but the rest of the TV show is bad. So if your whole movie is built on a premise of a twist or a spoiler ruining the entire movie, then maybe your movie wasn't that great to start with. But I want to circle back to this Spider-Man thing. I think... For me, my personal opinion is all these spoilers are all just a marketing tactic right now. I'm very sure that these big movie studios leak out these kind of like, oh, you know, this guy was spotted here. He must be filming in this movie as a way to, it's free marketing, you know, like it's a Spider-Man. If people didn't know about what's going to happen, people wouldn't really have been excited to watch, especially at times like this where you have a choice between streaming it and going to the cinemas. So if you knew that the twist is going to be awesome or that, and it, and the Spider-Man thing also relates back with the nostalgia thing that I want to talk about later, which brings, you know, which kind of like target people to go watch because they're like, I want to go see that, you know, but if it's a boring twist or if kind of like the premise was leaked at which like it's going to be a letdown, people are like, you know, what, I'll just stream it when I have the time. Which goes back to my topic of nostalgia and this plot leak uh, spoiler marketing tactic, I believe. Matrix and Spider-Man both came out at the same time, but my decision was to go watch Spider-Man in the cinemas because I heard that Matrix wasn't that great. And I think a lot of people was agree- are going to agree with me and I'm just going to wait for it to come on the TV and watch it. So I think a lot of studios use this as a tactic to kind of, like, it's free marketing. Well, maybe not free because they probably have to hire someone to come up with exactly what to leak. Maybe write a completely false narrative to leak that out so people will go watch that and have be surprised. So it's all about, I think the culture of these spoilers has changed where maybe there was a time where it was earnest in a sense where people actually spoil things because they're mean and they just want to ruin the fun. But I think now the studios themselves or the directors or the actors themselves do it because they feel that by doing that, it increases the chances of people going to watch. Okay. Well, so Sim is very cynical. Um, <laughs> but uh, Julian, if you're a good citizen, as you are, how long How long can you wait before you start talking about um, it? Because I do remember there was the, the Star Wars one where, and I'm going to spoil, spoil this one, where um, Han Solo gets killed by, what's his name? And that was supposed to be a big don't tell anyone that this is going to happen, I believe. But uh, now I feel free to say it. But uh, eventually you can you can say these things, can't you? Yeah. I don't, for, for me personally, I don't think that there's a, a window of time. I think it's, if you want to talk about it, you talk about it. If you're worried about people ruining that, you make it known. You do say, oh, well, it's going to be a spoiler. But I also don't think that you should have to care about that. It, it has to be a visual treat in a sense where like, even though you kind of know what happens, the show is compelling enough to still make you want to watch it. Like Game of Thrones, you mentioned, right? Like the books have been out for decades. So really when the series was going on, there really isn't much to spoil. Of course, there are a few things that have changed, whatever. But, you know, like I knew the Red Wedding was going to happen because I read books, you know? So for me, what made me continue to watch it was how it's being told visually, which is why Game of Thrones was a really great show for me because the costumes, the characters, the emotions that the characters play was part of my experience. So even though that I know what was going to happen, I wasn't that bothered by it, you know? But of course, that's... Which is also a problem with a lot of the TV shows and movies now, right? Like like Dune, for example, right? You know, everyone that's not read the Dune books are like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? Oh my God. And I'm here like, mm, I think I know what happens next. I just want to see how they do it. You know, you get what I mean? But of course, I'm not going to... Do you know what's going to happen next? Okay, let me tell you without even stopping, you know. But I do have friends that want to know what happens and they just want you to tell them. 
because they don't like surprises and they, they kind of want to know whether am I going to be disappointed because I don't want to invest my time in something that I'm going to be disappointed in because there's just so much choice out there. I'm one of those people. I actually don't want the the nasty surprises. But I can just say, uh, so my mother's visiting at the moment and I've been entertaining her by putting on DVDs. There, there's a something, um, Sim, for your things that we used to do and we don't do anymore. <laughs> it, you don't know how hard it was to track down DVD player. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I, I, I was going to put on Shakespeare's uh, Richard III, which was written, what, I don't know, what, 600 years ago? And uh, and she was like, oh, what happened? It's like... Spoiler alert! I I can't tell you. It's, <laughs> it's <laughs> she just wants Richard the Third spoiled. She can read the Richard the Third forums. She she can dive into the think pieces. You know, that's all yeah. that stuff. Can I ask? Um, so, did you spoil it for her though? Did you? Um, no, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. <laughs> um, I couldn't do it. It's like, well, you know, something happens. You just, just watch it to the end. Uh, okay, so uh, I'm going to finish with you, Julian. So, therefore, you are. I mean, Sim is very cynical. And very knowledgeable as well. He knows all the, the twists already. You are a good person or a bad person. You tell people, you don't tell people. I would never, I would never do it for someone if I know that they don't want it to, to be spoiled for them. If you're going to tell me, tell it to me, but don't do it maliciously. I think that's something that, you know, just a regular respect thing. But also I would, like, like Sim said, I just want to know if it's good or bad. Really. And because it's more, it's more of the, how good is it going to be in the lead up to that? Because it's going to be five seconds of a film or, or a series, you know? Okay. Uh, in Citizen Kane, Rosebud is the sledge. Okay. That's the twist. Oh, I'm not going to watch it now. <laughs> Do you think that that's still the best movie ever made? No, no. But it's, yeah, it's I watched there. it and it's I'm like, there. yeah, I watched it. It's good. But, you know, I wonder who made that list. I, I'm going to switch you off now, Sim. Uh, <laughs> there's absolutely no point you being here anymore. <laughs> It's a good movie. It's a good movie. Just oh, that, what? you know, Citizen yeah. Kane was good, but yeah, you know, like right. yeah. Stop talking. I prefer Princess, talk. Princess Diaries. You know, so <laughs> we need Sim's list of best. Okay, films that, that works. That works for me. Um, anyway, anyway, topic number two. Um, inspired actually by uh, what uh, Julian told us a while back about her love for Walt Disney, and I was thinking, well, not Walt Disney per se, but Disney movies. Um, and I and I was thinking of something that persuaded me in the past and when i was young about 10 years old i really got into the history of napoleon and when i mentioned this to sim earlier he said wasn't he that short french dude and yes sim uh, that is what is on his tomb here lies that short french dude who became <laughs> the emperor of the french from uh, 1804 to 1815 who fought many many battles and um well, many people worship him and many people despise him but I, I i grew up thinking he was an amazing guy and I absorbed everything I could possibly get my hands on. But years later, it suddenly dawned on me that he was just a dictator. He was a very bad man. He had taken over France and used it for his own personal gain. And he had sent thousands upon thousands of men to their death in battles. And he'd watched them die. And I thought, what kind of monster does that? But then I thought about, you know, what was it that, that gripped me in the first place? And it was the visual propaganda that he'd put out, 200-year-old propaganda that had just persuaded me and gripped me. It was especially the artworks of a guy called Jacques-Louis David, huge paintings that are glorious and beautiful and passionate and, and stirring, part of the romantic movement, people rushing towards Napoleon like, oh, you're magnificent. And I had been persuaded by that to sort of almost subsume my own identity and 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 instead focus my attention on this this person called Napoleon. 
so you know Hitler and Goebbels brushed it off and and recycled it for for um, for Nazism, and indeed uh, in the cinema age, and indeed Trump has used pretty much the same kind of techniques for his fascism in the social media age, and uh, and I'm just wondering, have you either of you found yourselves, if you think back, being persuaded by visual or just artistic beauty for something that is actually not good uh julian i mean earlier we were, we were talking about harry potter and also about walt disney i mean walt disney was famously like really anti-communist and i don't think he had very enlightened views about jews either i mean do you think that you've been persuaded unintentionally i think i have um like we were discussing before um so jk rowling um I know that a lot of this, a lot of what she is vilified for today, and I think rightly so, um, maybe might not have, like you said, doesn't have evidence in in her work. So maybe that wasn't propaganda per se, that didn't, you know, work on me. But I think a lot of the thing now, a lot of the things now that are, well, you can be pro-JK Rowling, right? you could be, be anti-JK Rowling, it has, it is a you could be a transphobe or you could not be a transphobe. And a lot of the narrative around her by the people who support her has become that propaganda itself. It has become the, well, no, but look at her books and her, and the, it always goes back to her books where in the books, she looks at single mothers and she looks at, um, I, I, I can't think of anything. She, they, they, they pick, you know, they pick out the little point, paint, little points in the book where it says, look, she's such an important author and she's, highlighted all of these social issues that should be that should be highlighted and therefore she's not a bad person so there is a narrative that's been built around her that for a lot of people who might not know the entire conversation that would that would serve as that propaganda not visually of course but you know that whole the whole messaging around her um when it comes to disney i i don't know any i don't want to i almost don't want to know i think it's more of the well yeah elvis is still alive somewhere you know like i don't want to know how it's very obviously, you know, not the right thing to do, but I don't want to know how terrible Walt Disney was because I do know how terrible they were, how terrible he was. But I do know um, Disney, as, a, as, the, as the giant that Disney is, the amount of, um, I don't know, I don't know what, what's the better word for this, you know, sort of cornerstoning of everything else in the, in the distribution, distribution market, um, other production companies and distribution houses, you know, pushing content and stream the streaming wars that have happened and how Disney is just sort of like taking all of that. But at the same point, they're like, well, no, but you should definitely come and join us on Disney Plus because we've got all of this incredible, oh, look, there's a new Star Wars series that's just, come, you know, a trailer's just come out this week. So that is, I don't know, that's the closest thing that I can think of as let's distract you for a little bit with this very beautiful thing that we've created and maybe you'll forget about what we're doing to media today. <laughs> Sim, Sim, you're 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 much more into music. Yeah, I mean, this conversation, this this topic has a lot of facets, right? I mean, from when you were talking about Napoleon, you know, the person that came to mind for me that I felt like growing up that I thought was really cool, that I found out was a monster, is like Obama, right? Huh? You know, Obama's when a he was doing, I mean, you know, just ask the bombs that he dropped in the Middle East and the drone strikes, but okay. you know. But he had the cool packaging, right? He makes Spotify lists, he dances, whatnot. He's awkward, cool dad and hope and all that. First 
African-American president. So the messaging, the marketing, and um, I mean, politicians occupy a special space where I don't think there is a politician that is fully good and fully bad. You know, they have hard decisions to make. But, you know, I was enamored by the American advertising that this guy was a great candidate. This guy was a great person, great leader. And that's debatable because he might have been a good leader that made bad decisions or had bad situations, trust upon him. But still, that doesn't erase the fact that a lot of lives were taken in the Middle East. I mean, Napoleon sent people to die, but, you know, same can be said when, uh, with Obama, who got his soldiers to remote control a plane to kill know how many innocent people in the Middle East, right? So, you know, but again, I didn't know that until I started reading about it or until I started you know, reading news or, you know, kind of like talking, having conversations with people that had different opinions of uh, someone like Obama. But, you know, kind of like taking that out to something more mass or more kind of like pop culture, like music, for instance. But I think music is a bit more complicated because it's really more on like, for certain things, how do you separate the art from the artist, artist, right? Like, I like Kanye West, but of late, he hasn't made really great decisions regarding his own uh, personal choices you know um, same with like I love the Smiths right you know like I love them great band but lead singer is not exactly the best guy around now exactly or that might, it might just be good because he's an old white guy now but you know you get what I mean so I don't know if sometimes like it's part of like maybe the, the product they've created that has enamored you into thinking that they are a larger than life figure but actually, at the end of the day, they're just a normal human being that makes bad decisions or their character is really bad. It's hard to tell, right? I mean, like Napoleon, at the same time that he sent soldiers to die, he revolutionized a lot of the laws and civic codes in France that are still being used today, you know? Apparently, he wasn't that bad to Jews in France. Um, and he kind of like made education available for everyone, you know? So it's also complicated in that sense. So, uh, I, yeah. Yeah, and you're complicated too in that sense. You, you you pretend like, oh, he's that short French dude, but you know about the code <laughs> Napoleon and you know about his attitude. Okay, so <laughs> I read up a bit about Napoleon before we came on, and it turns out All he's right. not short. He was short comparable to today's average height, but back then, he's actually taller than most European men. So apparently that was a propaganda, a propaganda created by the British. That's right. Good point. You know? Good point. Yeah, so people are like, he's short and you would laugh at him, which I think might be a counter towards whatever Napoleon was doing with the big pictures and everything. My God. So, if, yeah. I, if I have inadvertently in this topic uh, turned Sim Weibun onto <laughs> <laughs> Napoleon Bonaparte. What? I, Bonaparte. I said Bonaparte. Bonaparte. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. But all right, all right, we're going to move on. But I just want to point out one. Well, I'm talking about also internal messaging. So next time you're on the internet and you... If you ever come across anything by the British newspaper, the Daily Mail, don't touch it. That stuff's just pure toxic poison. Because you'll start off with one little video about cute puppies doing cute things. <laughs> Three clicks along and you will hate immigrants. <laughs> uh, so, and you won't even, you don't even, you won't even be from Britain, but you'll still hate the immigrants going to Britain. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, move on. And in a moment, we're going to be asking, what are the things that we used to do that we don't do anymore? Here on A Bit of Culture on BFM 89.9. And we're back with myself, Cam Raslan, and Julian Yap, and Sim Weibun. And now, Sim, um, things we used to do, but we don't do anymore. Yeah, so um, I thought of this uh, a while back when I was visiting a friend's place, and I noticed that, like, 
you know, back then when we were younger, people used to take a lot of photographs and you put it in the photo albums and stuff, not just on the walls, but in the big tech photo books, you know, and then you could like, oh my God, this is how you look like when you were five or, oh, you've been to Tokyo Disneyland or like, you know, you could flip back through a person's childhood and all that, you know, and nowadays you don't because people take photos with their camera phone and they keep it in their albums or on Instagram. So you don't go to someone's house and open up Instagram like, oh my God, this is how you look like when you were five, you know? So I thought that was interesting because that's something that I don't see happening anymore and I don't think it will happen anytime soon unless you purposely go to the shop, print it out, find a frame and put it on the wall, right? So that kind of led me to have a conversation with my friends and think about like some of the other things that we don't do anymore because of technology or just how culturally we've shifted. Like, remembering phone numbers or as you said earlier Cam, making phone calls because when you get a phone call you're like why is this person calling yeah you know or something wrong with him <laughs> yeah using ways so you don't need a map you know or even like which i thought was interesting might it's like back then when you would want to watch a movie you check the newspaper or you call the cinema but now you just google and see what time is the movie right so i i, I just think that's interesting and i wonder what's gonna happen uh, next, you know, what are we going to give up or change in the future? That is maybe one of those things that like, maybe you could have never imagined it to change. Yeah. So that that's interesting to me. Hmm. Julian, do you, I mean, can you think of any? I think Sim and I are in the same kind of boat where we got a bit of the old, like yeah. you know, we grew up with a bit of the old, I, like I used to check the, the listings in the newspaper. Um, and I used to, do you remember the Astro book where you'd see? Yeah, yeah, you see what's on TV, the TV guides, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, yeah, like you said, it's completely phased out. And I think this is, whenever I think about this, it always makes me think of, you know, um, when you're a kid and you watch a lot of shows where they're like, well, we're going to be in the year 2035 and the world's going to be so fast and, and trends are going to be set instantly. And it feels like that's where we are, even if it obviously isn't like that universally. It's not like that for a lot of people definitely not but um it feels like we've gotten there and that's as far as we can go you know probably the next the next step would be you know a tesla where you wouldn't have to drive a car but even then that's not a concrete a concrete thing i don't know i i yeah i I like that i like that we got to have a bit of both personally well Cam's eaten more salt than both of us. Well, so yeah. he might I, I know mean, just like you kids are so cute. About, yeah. <laughs> you're so cute. You're like, hey, do you remember 3G? Um, <laughs> you know, whereas I, I was on the front line at Y2K. I mean, you know, <laughs> you people don't even know what that means. Windows 98, that was me. So that's interesting that you brought that up because so right now at the same time you're witnessing a resurgence of these late 90s, early 2000s aesthetics, right? And a lot of TV shows from then, like Friends, they have a reunion. Uh, Sex and City has a new movie. All right. But um, my friend Jason actually mentioned something very interesting about the current age where right now NFTs are everywhere. Everyone's doing an NFT, right? But if you think about it, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, when you're going into the internet age, everyone was making a website. No one understood what a website was, but everyone wanted to have a website because you wanted to make money and a blog, right? So mm. NFTs are essentially like that now, you know, where no one really knows what it is, but it, because it's easy to make, you just make it and you you, you hope to sell it. And it's, it's a bubble because it's going to like the dot-com burst is going to blow up and going to lead a lot of people high and dry. But at the same time, when you look around, the aesthetics is also coming back, right? People are looking at like 90s vintage cars now, buying trucks from like, I don't know, 1997, Mercedes from like 1995, you know, 
Walkmans and everything are, are, you know, Tumblr is back now apparently uh, so <laughs> it's interesting to kind of see how we circle back into that so which I feel like you know because maybe because like society we can't control how the future progress so we try to see what we can control and take back our past memory which is like all these old TV shows that was comforting I guess yeah and obviously I, I've been really fascinated by, by two things which I wonder what their future will be uh, certain sports actually one is golf i don't know if golf's going to be a thing that people will play in 20 odd years time because i think that it's unappealing to the young because, because you know the whole kind of social story around golf it's it's just not cool i mean who wants to be a member of a golf club and all that kind of there's still a lot of rich young kids out there that are playing golf you know like you i so? know that's yeah i think like a lot of times we think like the young don't like billionaires the young want equality for all and i'm sure that's true but there are still young people that are born of privilege that want to remain in that privileged society. I've been yeah. talking to people who do run uh, clubs, you know, uh, sport, sport, the old sporting clubs and golf clubs and say, and they are saying that they're actually finding that uh, uptake is not as, as it used to be. I think it does matter though. So like in, in countries like South Korea, where uh, golf is so important, in in terms of as as in they they South Korea is it South Korea oh, loves yeah. their yeah. Oh. their golfers and they they train kids from young golf is still seen as it is it's more accessible so I think it is still seen as a well we're going to train our kids up golf is still important we all have to support our golfers so it is a maybe cultural. less white golfers mm-hmm. will come yeah well maybe but another one is football um, mm-hmm. you know my my generation I think might be almost the last of the the ones who think to go to a football match, to have a team, and to dedicate 90 minutes to, the, to concentrating on this one thing where ultimately nothing may happen. I, don't, I still don't believe football is real, so I, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think anyone would watch that ever, but yeah, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you know, horses for courses. But I, I think that when I talked to, to a guy who was talking about his kids, for them, football is still of interest, but through the FIFA video game. And it's about the stats on individual players and the matches, as it were, would last about six minutes. So in a way, the reality of golf will become a, some kind of background thing, which will probably be in empty stadiums, <laughs> whereas the actual user uh, football will be um, on a game, if at all, if at all. Because also saying with the FIFA game, you can't update it because football is football. Well, they might change rules. I mean, things like this will have to adapt as what people want, right? Like, so maybe a football match will have to change the timing. They might reduce it from 90 minutes to you know, 75 minutes or something. Like rules might change to make it more appealing. But I think football being the huge money maker as it is, will resist that change and change the narrative to kind of like make sure that whatever it is, it stays the way it is. You know, no billionaire around the world is going to want to change the way things have been going. I mean, so, like, the, uh, the, like the Super League thing, it's not gonna, it's not gonna change that big, you know. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, they might change a bit of the rules to kind of like make it more appealing, but I think essentially, you know, I mean, football's been played for hundreds of years. Although football being played a hundred years ago isn't the same as football being played now, but I think the essential core of the sport is still there. So I think it will something like football will last throughout ages, but maybe the treatment around it might change. Wow. I don't know. There are lots of sports which have fallen by the way. Um, yeah, yeah. Extreme ironing being one of them, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, or let's, I mean, I've, I've, I've mentioned too. Think of something, Sim, that you think has gone for good or going. 
gone for good, but I think one thing that's gone for good is definitely like the ability to kind of like do mental mathematics and whatnot. You know, like I think back then when you're growing up, you're trained to kind of do like, you know, what's five plus five, what's one plus one and stuff like that you immediately know. And I think nowadays, or I don't know, maybe it's just me, but like, yeah, you don't, I mean, anytime you need to calculate a bill or something, even if it's something as simple as 25 plus 62, you kind of let me stick out my phone to calculate. Partly because the fear of being wrong and partly because it's, it's so much more easier, I guess, I don't know. So I think things like that, those small things like remembering directions will also probably change because Navigation everyone, yeah, everyone uses ways now. So no one really cares about knowing. So you're talking about memory it. though, just yeah, memory yeah. for any kind of memory. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I mean, I, I, I can remember people using abacuses. I mean, that was standard. Um, no one uses that now. No, God, no. God, <laughs> yeah. no. In Japan, though. In Japan, though, they still do. That's, that's how they can learn. Japan is a weird place in the world where they do a lot of things very differently, which I find very fascinating. They still make jeans by hand there, so yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Julian, anything that you can think of in, the, in that realm that's going to go? Nothing that I can think of, but while you guys have been talking, I've been thinking of things that are, have been coming back. Like, like Sim said, you know, that resurgence of Y2K and the aesthetics of it all. Um, there's this trend of kids on TikTok. So I think they do it for, for, for clout, obviously. But these kids on TikTok, they'd be like, well, I found this weird little device. Does anyone know what it is? And it's an iPod shuffle and they use it as a clip because they know that that's what's going to enrage a lot of people who actually had one or like, oh, these dumb kids these days. I don't, and, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling rage right now. As you said, it, I'm trying to punch the computer. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. You would have you you clicked follow then. I don't know. They, you would, you know, they would have gone viral for that. And they have. And it's um, a lot of these things have come, a lot of things have come back. So um, film photography have gotten, has gotten a lot more popular. Mm. It's never really died out, but it's never, it's never been as popular as it has, is right now. Studios that develop that film, more accessible at the moment, typewriters, stuff like that. They used to be, I mean, I, I know different countries, different, you know, the, the thrifting and the, the, the turnaround of, of things is a lot different from how we do it here. But it used to be so difficult to get um, analog things. Is that the word? I don't know. Analog things that aren't in, you couldn't get like typewriter tape, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's something that there are places everywhere, you know, that pop up that we're a specialist typewriter place or we're a specialist um, fountain pen maker and stuff, which yeah. has never died. That's not an example. Yeah. I just can't think of anything. But, you know. All of which these things probably are made in Japan, aren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah Sims, right, actually. Yeah. They're very, uh... mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh, well, vinyl is back, apparently. Yeah. Selling so, better uh, than... It's a lot of these things that have come back and the aesthetics of it have come back, but the difficulty of it hasn't come back, you know? As in, you can have a landline phone and the and the pressy pressy buttons, but you're not going to have the issue of having dial-up internet. So the obstacles have been removed, and we're completely enjoying them as novelties. Mm. Um, and the, we have the aesthetics of of old time Y two K turn of the century internet, but we don't have the issues of yeah. JavaScript and stuff. You know, I don't. Oh. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I was there. I was there. Before we finish, can I ask the, the two of you, can you remember the telephone number, your first telephone number of the house that you were in? Nope, completely forgot. You cannot remember. I, I only to... remember one phone number right now, and it's my mom's phone number. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Really? I, I still remember from the 1970s, the first house that we had. Um, yeah, 38169. That was have you number. tried it? Have you tried? Oh, of course yeah. not. No, I mean, they've added <laughs> an should, extra yeah. seven digits on that one now. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I think in, in my grandfather's time, I mean, his place was like Kuala Kangsa 3. 
<laughs> you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so things change. Mm. Um, okay, well, we'll move on though. And um, well, let's. Uh, somebody may, may, may stop me in the street one day and say, you know, oh, you're old. What's this? And it's like, oh, it's a VHS, <laughs> um, it's a DVD. <laughs> so uh, we move on though to uh, the final part of the show recommendations where we recommend something that we think might be of interest and uh, Julian goes first um, very on topic with um, nostalgia and things remembering things is um, We Couldn't Become Adults it's a film on Netflix uh, it's a Japanese film it came out last year I think um, end of the year Netflix is burying it so you're gonna have to type it in it's called we couldn't become adults and it's the story of a guy he's in his early 40s I think at the start of the film and he's just thinking like this is the life that I have right now and everything is so uneventful and this is not the life that I thought I would have and the whole thing you know just reminisces back into his five years ago 10 years ago the past relationships that he's had the girlfriend that he met when he was 18 or 19 that sort of kick-started that interest in um, alternative things. Well, I was a cool kid that liked, you know, non-Japanese things. I liked American music and I liked um, alternative fashion and um, how, because of that, his whole life, he's always wanted to not do the norm. He didn't want to have a kid and have a regular job. And the movie's put together really nicely in how it portrays memory and how it goes through emotions and the emotions tied to those memories and the people that you meet kind of meet along the way and how they inform your experiences ahead as you get older. And it was is this a, Sorry, is this an animated film or? No, no, no. It's, oh, it's um, a, a live, oh, it's live action. action. Yeah. All right. And what's it called again? We couldn't become adults. It would be great as an animation, actually. No, it would be really nice. Better yeah. still as live action. Yeah. It made me think of uh, an old old Japanese film in black and white before your time, before my time. But it's, it's one of those ones that's regularly on the list, along with Citizen Kane, as the best movies of all time, <laughs> called Tokyo Story, directed by Ozu. And mm-hmm. uh, it, I feel like maybe it has a similar tone, which mm-hmm. is bleak. Is it bleak? No, this one's well. It's bleak in the in the everyday bleak in the why am I worrying about this one deadline when really my entire life is is a deadline. Yeah, right, right. Oh, Feel good. that every day now. I like the sound of that. I'm gonna check it out. Okay, so uh, my recommendation is Malaysian athletes, as in don't defund Malaysian athletes, just don't. They pop up once in a while in our lives and, and, and we're proud of their, uh, not necessarily winning medals, but their, the fact that they're doing what they want to do and they're maybe, maybe the best in our country, but they may not be able to beat the best in the world. But don't defund Malaysian athletes. What are you thinking? Uh, you know, it, it, the only, only people who are going to be carrying the flag from Malaysia will be those brave souls who, who bravely go into Harrods Food Hall and shop amongst the crowds in Knightsbridge. But you know, no, Malaysian athletes, sorry. Anyway, so that's my recommendation. Uh, okay, um, Sim. Um, yeah, I'm going to recommend a movie, I guess, because I can't really think of anything to recommend. But I recommend um, The Power of the Dog. I watched it two oh, nights yeah. ago. It was a really good movie, slow burn. On the theme of nostalgia, you know, it's like, like those cowboy days in Texas or whatnot, you know. <laughs> um, but it's a very nice movie. Um I wouldn't say it's fast-paced, I wouldn't say it's slow-paced, but great acting from Benedict Cumberbatch, from Kirsten Dunst, who plays a really great drunk mom. Uh, and it's those talky-talky movies that you have to sit and listen. Uh, but very nice themes, not very overt, nothing to... There's a spoiler, there's a twist, but that twist doesn't really matter because it's the build-up of the movie that really makes the twist 
great. And it's not the type of twist that comes out in the end. It comes out in the middle. And then you're like, oh. So Power Dog, it's a good movie if you want to sit down, you know, spend an hour and a half watching something and have it kind of like touch your soul a bit. If you don't have no soul, then maybe don't watch that. Yeah. I can ask Julian, is it is it a spoiler if you even say that there is a twist, but don't say what the twist is? Are you still ruining the... the, the... But most movies well, have a twist, right? I mean, yeah. if anything, almost everything has a twist in yeah. a TV show, right? I mean, name me a TV show without, or a movie without a twist. Well, uh, uh, yeah, they shouldn't have. Actually, um, something I always want to talk about, if you go to any movie, especially now you can do it on Netflix, go to any good movie and you go halfway through, exactly to the minute, halfway <laughs> through, and that is the twist. T- test it. That would uh-oh. always be there. Mm, interesting. Oh, that's industry. Yeah. That's industry hacks. That should yeah. be your recommendation, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's something I often do. I love doing it, actually. Just like watch the movie halfway, bang. Oh my God. Yes, of course. That's where everything <laughs> turned on its head. Uh, yeah, okay. So um, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it because I've been kind of shying away from that film, but I'll check it out now. And it is called Power of the Dog, isn't it? Yeah. And it's a Jane Campion director. Yeah, it's based on the. On a book, apparently, yeah. But, but I've, I bet you've read the book and you just... No, no, I've not, I've not, I've not read it. Yeah, he doesn't want to tell everyone yeah. the spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that brings us to the end of this week's show. And um, it only remains for me now to thank Julian Yap. Thank you so much. Great to have you here. And uh, Simway Boon. Thank you. And... Who knows? With things changing, we might actually be, I might actually see you in three dimensions at some point. Who know? You never can tell. Uh, Can't so, imagine it. How tall yeah. are you? I don't really, I, I'll find out again. I don't know. Actually, you know, I was working... Taller than Napoleon. Well, it's funny <laughs> say that. I was, I've been working a lot with somebody on the radio, on Zoom, and then I finally met him, actually, and he was a lot shorter than I thought. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah. We're <laughs> all just look, heads. and yeah. yeah. We could be, we could be giants. So, uh, <laughs> anyway... End of, the, end of the show so thank you very much and please join us next week for another exciting episode of a bit of culture here on 89.9 thank you for listening to this podcast to find more great interviews go to bfm.my or find us on itunes bfm 89.9 the business station